Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You may be seated. On Sunday, the Lutheran Women's Missionary League Canada was meeting in convention. We're having a vacation Bible school. We're going up to a reserve to talk about Jesus. So we're going to talk about witnessing tonight. From Ezekiel chapter 2, you heard read for you. I'll remind you of what it says. Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet and I, I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. Witnessing to others. This passage from Ezekiel is very relevant for our times. Missiologists report that North America is the third largest mission field in the world based on the number of non-churched people living in the region. And the number of non-churched people is growing. It's estimated that approximately 80% of congregations in the United States and Canada have plateaued or are in decline. It sounds a lot like the Old Testament Israel, rebellious, obstinate, and stubborn. Meaning once they did believe, but now they don't. Once they did submit to the authority of their creator, but now they don't. So just like Ezekiel, God gives us a job to do very similar circumstances. Oh, how relevant the Bible is. Just tell them what the Sovereign Lord says. That is witnessing. And I want to share with you today a few things that I was reminded of at the Intercultural Ministry Conference that I attended. So how do we share the simple gospel in a complex world? The gospel is simple, but our world is complex. And only the simple gospel of Jesus Christ can answer the complex issues of our world. Now, there are many obstacles to effective sharing God's word with people in today's context. How can we navigate the obstacles that are beyond our control? And what can we do about the obstacles that we've put in place ourselves? How can we meet the challenges of speaking the gospel with the various and diverse people in our individual lives? Look at this beautiful passage from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3. Purpose statement for the church. His, God's, intent was that now... Through the church, 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice God's work. God is the one working to bring to light his wisdom to the world. And notice the vehicle which he uses, the church. We are the church. We're called as individual believers to witness to people in our everyday lives. And we're called as members of a congregation. We're brought together to engage the non-churched people in our community with the desire and intent to include them in the word and the sacrament ministry of our congregation. So the first way the church functions is a church gathered. This occurs when believers are gathered together to hear God's word, receive his sacraments, and serve the community as an organization what we're doing this week. The second way, the church functions as the church scattered. That's when you go home, go to your workplace, go to your cottages, go wherever you meet other people. And this happens, individual believers take God's word to their places in the world, in their vocations, and serve their neighbors, their co-workers, their family members, their friends, etc., Witness is the work we do individually as disciples of Jesus to speak of him with non-churched people in the context of our everyday life, church scattered. Outreach is the term we use for the work we do collectively as a congregation, supporting and sending our own members to remote places where the gospel is not preached very often, so people might hear it, like Pelican Narrows. The goal, to invite people to be guests at the wedding feast of the Lamb. Matthew 22, look at this. Then he said to his servants, Jesus said, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. It's important to recognize that our role in witnessing is to invite people to come and see Jesus, not close the deal. We are, like the servants in the parable, called to invite as many as we find and to invite people without qualifications, both good and bad, whether they listen or fail to listen. We're not to concern ourselves with numbers. Instead, we can be confident that the Lord will fill the wedding hall with guests. The invitations that we extend take place in time, and we pray extend into eternity. We invite people to join us as the, at the Lamb's Wedding Feast as it takes place now when we gather together to hear God's word and receive his sacraments. That is the life of the church, and we invite people to be part of that, but we invite them to join at 
ultimately the feast that takes place in front of the throne of the Lamb in his kingdom in heaven. And the message we share, it's simple. The simple gospel, it doesn't depend on human wisdom and understanding. Indeed, human wisdom and understanding can often get in the way of the gospel. God has made the gospel simple because he wants all people to hear it, know it, and believe it. From the wise and the learned to the simple and the uneducated. How simple is the gospel? Thousands have been, books have been written to explain and defend and promote the gospel. It has always been and continues to be as simple as, Jesus loves me, this I know. Now, is every believer to do this? Sometimes debated in the church. Yes, apparently so, every believer is to do this. If you claim the Holy Spirit, you've been called to witness. And this calling is not a burden. It is a joy-filled task. It provides us. God, how can I say thank you for all that you've given to me? All the blessings in my life. How can I possibly go and witness? Just go tell others. Go tell others how good I've been to you and to everybody else. It provides for us a way to respond to God's amazing grace. Through witness, the Lord uses us as his instruments to bring the good news of Jesus to the people with whom he's placed in our lives, individually and in community. Acts 1.8, you will be my witness. It's not a question. It's a statement of fact. That calling extends to all Jesus' disciples. We are his witnesses for the sake of the world which he loves. We proclaim what the Lord has done for us because he has done it for every single human being. We're broken people bringing good news to broken people through our witness. So where, to whom are we supposed to witness? God does not act haphazardly. He has designed our lives according to his plans. We may think that we should have been born at a different time or in a different place. When church was a little easier, easier to fill the pews. Sometimes we think like that. We may even wish we could be the church of a better and bygone era. However, God has placed us in the mission field that he has planned for us. And for which he has equipped us. Just remember Ezekiel. We live in the place, at the time, and with the people of his choosing. So what are some of the challenges? Well, Ezekiel's day when the people of Israel had a long history, some 1,500 years believing and being led by God throughout their history since the time of Abraham, and now there seems only a few left believing. They rebelled. So many have turned and worshipped other gods. Boy, those words sound familiar. We live in a rebellious world. 
turn, people turning away from God and the church. There have always been challenges to sharing the gospel in our world. Don't think the church ever had a cakewalk. The gospel is foolishness to people without faith in Jesus Christ. The very people we're trying to reach with the gospel, guess what? They don't really want to be reached. And it's been that way throughout history. So how on earth do people get converted? By the power and working of the Holy Spirit. Each context of Christianity, if you go do, do your history lesson, place, time, setting, people group, they've all faced their particular challenges. The challenges facing witness and outreach in our context, here's just a few of them. Extreme individualism that isolates people and inhibits relationships. That is a challenge to the church. Truth being viewed as relative and changeable. Since when? The dramatic shift in morality. Seen it in my own lifetime. Huge shift in morality. Advances in technology that have taken the place of human interaction. Witnessing is human interaction. And a global world that is increasingly complex. And it's churches got to keep up. These changes are not just over there somewhere. They impact every community and every neighborhood, including each of ours. Our witness and outreach face another big problem, and it's called a heart problem. And the problem isn't with the people out there that don't believe, with their rebellious hearts. We know about that. The problem impacting our ability to witness is a problem with our hearts. One problem we have is that we have let our hearts become callous. We don't see the unbelief of our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, and even our family members as something that we should concern ourselves with. We've let our culture's attitude of live and let live guide our hearts. And then even greater heart issue that adversely affects our witness is that we have become far too comfortable with our sins. We've turned our focus and attention and resources inwardly. We become apathetic about the horrible spiritual state of the people around us. We are more and more becoming biblically illiterate. We're responding to the changing world around us in fear. Xenophobia. Fear of the strange things. Fear of the stranger. Think about what the Bible says about how we're supposed to treat the stranger, the alien among you. Wow, we have to get over our fear. In the words of Matthew 24, 12, in the face of the increased wickedness in our world, our love for our neighbors, especially those who are perishing, has grown cold. Our love has grown 
cold. The goal of witnessing is to engage the non-churched people in our lives in conversations through which we intentionally seek to tell them about Jesus. We want to speak to Jesus in ways that people can relate to, using language they can understand, cultural references, contemporary examples. We aim to share God's word in ways that can be heard in today's world. Now, sometimes in our efforts, we don't even get to speak God's word to people. Sometimes we don't get the opportunity opportunity to move the conversation to that point. But when we do, we need to make sure that we share Jesus and his story with people. Look at what Martin Luther said. We have the scriptures, miracles, sacraments, testimonies. God sent his son into the flesh, and of him it was said that men saw him, touched him, etc. We intend to stick with this. When we're able to share God's word with people, we need to be mindful that witnessing is telling them about Jesus and keeping it simple. Not getting people to confess him. That's the Holy Spirit's job. In the words of 1 Corinthians 3, Paul said, plant, water, let the Holy Spirit cause the growth. So God's mission is clearly stated in Luke 19.10. Jesus came to seek and to save people who are lost. And that mission continues today and it continues to be God's mission. And look what Jesus does with his disciples in John 20.21. He gives us a role. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. You see, God never tells us to do something without empowering us to do it. Jesus is sending us into our world as his witness. And witnessing is our role in God's big mission. Witnessing, and here's another big point, it's not just a purpose for us being in the world. Witnessing is the reason that God has us here. Martin Luther, very blunt, listen to what he says. We live on earth only so that we should be a help to other people. Otherwise, it would be best if God would strangle us and let us die as soon as we were baptized and had begun to believe. For this reason, however, he lets us live that we may bring other people also to faith as he has done for us. Everything, then, should be directed in such that you recognize what God has done for you and that you thereafter Make it your highest priority to proclaim this publicly and call everyone to the light to which you are called. Notice the extremes to which Luther goes in the words that he uses in his sermon on 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Only underscores that there is no other purpose for us to be in this world 
There just isn't any. We're not here to have a good time. We're here to witness. Bring other people to faith. And everything we have and everything we do is meant to support this purpose, which we carry out by proclaiming the gospel publicly. So if you're a baptized Christian, you are a witness. No question about it. And Jesus is not making a request. He's making a statement. You will be my witnesses. But it does raise some questions, which we're going to talk about later when I get a chance. Because this is a lifestyle thing. And we're going to learn how to witness. The witness, what kind of witness am I? Where should I be witness? To whom should I witness? How do I witness? These are great questions and we'll address at another time. But we're talking about witnessing right where God has placed us. In our life, in the context of your everyday life. Vocational witness. You all have vocations. You all have stations in life that God has placed you. You all have roles. And you can witness using those roles. For now, though, remember, God's not asking. He's telling. So just speak, but don't try to close the deal. That's his job. Rely on God's spirit and let him worry about the outcome and start right where God has placed you. Right where he has placed you and then move out from there. We're going to be talking about this in the future much more. Amen.